Hi, this is Lisa Hawkins with Christian Warrior Woman. And welcome to today's podcast. I'm so excited to um, share this word with you. And thank you so much for your encouragement and your applause and the activity I get to see some of the messages that um, some of you have been sending and I love hearing from you. So those who haven't, um, definitely want to shout out to you and I praise God for you in supporting this podcast. So we are up to Joshua 13. And guess what? We're going to go from Joshua 13 to 17. As I have shared before, the we'll call it the method of this is not to go through every verse and every chapter, but to share some key things that the Lord has really revealed to me that as women, it's not really taught about in church to give us the confidence and empower us to know what God had for us from the very beginning. And this is talking about the rights of women. Believe it or not, most of us all probably know that church has been very traditional with women and leadership and with um, whether it's managing money Whatever it is, we've always been kind of made to feel that we're kind of the second class citizen in many cases. But I want to share with you today, if you've ever felt that, I believe today's lesson is going to make it very clear to you that that was never God's intention. And guess what? It's within the Joshua 13 through 17. I'm going to show you two sets of of situations where women were bold and God was faithful and rewarded their boldness and that it was all within their rights. And I think the key lesson here to learn is that in many cases, we stay silent because we believe the lie that Maybe no one will listen to us or maybe no one will do the right thing by us. And I want you to be encouraged today that God is always for you. He's always been for women. And we need to stop believing the lie that we are second class or that we don't have the love and support of the Lord as well as men do. So I want you to find that quiet place. I want you to get your journal, have your Bible, and I'm going to point this out to you as we go through this pretty quickly, but I'm going to make it very clear and share where it is so that you have no doubt. And I want you to leave this podcast being pumped up that whatever that you are feeling doubtful or insecure about, that you can move forward knowing that God has an inheritance for you, and that God wants you rewarded and promoted in your life and wants you blessed. Okay? So, when we start at whether we're in chapter 13 and going through 17, in many cases, many of you and even myself, we can get bogged down, as I mentioned yesterday, with the names of the places and the territories. And what I want you to really focus on 
is because a lot of times we're looking at this geography of Canaan and we're like, well, how does that apply to my life today? It's a bunch of words I can't explain and it's territories and yada, yada, yada. And I don't see the correlation to me. Well, let me share with you the correlation to you. Because how do we find our way to God? How do we find and grow our faith in God? It's through the details. The same way the Lord lays out the details of how the Israelites will have victory, what is the Lord showing them when, as we've been going through Joshua, what has the Lord been showing the Israelites? He's been telling them exactly what land is theirs, exactly how to um, attack and win those battles. He's also showing them what their boundaries are. Whoa, boundaries, a word none of us like. But for us to be faithful to God, we have to live within boundaries. And when we live within those boundaries, the Lord definitely blesses us because the boundaries, for example, is um, worshiping and idols, sacrificing children on altars and blood offerings, Those are boundaries that God did not want his people contaminated against. The same with us today. The Lord wants us to live a life that brings us happiness and less conflict and less difficulty. And if we live based on our emotions and based on how we feel and based on spending a lot of time with, when I say non-believers, people who are totally the opposite of the life that we're trying to live, they can influence and pull you in a direction that's away from God. And so that is why the word is there. The word is there to speak life to us, to encourage us, and to help us understand how to live our life. Many people believe the Bible is just for rules. Well, guess what? If you're a citizen of a city, they require you to have a license, right? Why? Because when you get a license, they know you've read the book. (laughs) They know that they're going to test you on the facts of that book before you are allowed to drive. Isn't it interesting how we will conform and do what we have to do to get our driver's license, our insurance? Sometimes we have to take medical exams and go jump through hoops, right? We have to have our car with tags and a license and we have to pay and do it annually and we do it because it gives us the freedom to drive. So why when the Lord provides us with the book of life, our life design is within the Bible, within the stories that we can learn from other people in the past. And we get bogged down with, well, it's too much. Oh, it's not that exciting, blah, blah, blah. And that is so, such a lie. If you read the Bible, well, and I'm an Old Testament fan, because to me, it's sad. And there are times that I am cracking up. If you truly read the Bible to understand the Bible and not to read it because you're checking a box, you will find in, in simple chapters 
some of the most life-changing or mind-blowing things that you can see that God was doing. So I want you to, to, when you look at Joshua 13 through 17, what you're actually reading is God fulfilling his promises. That when, if you read from the beginning, from when he gave Moses, Moses, Moses the charter of to set his, his children free and where to go, you will see in the delivery of the land, the, this is all about the inheritance. So when you're reading 13 through 17, you're reading that God made a promise to the Israelites. He, he battled with them for them. And then he delivered their inheritance by tribe. So when you're thinking about all these different words and all these different boundaries, what you're reading is God fulfilling his word. And in fulfilling his word on these boundaries, I want to point out um, two different situations that involve women. Okay, so does that sound like something that's interesting to you when you sum when I sum it up in those words that when you read 13 through 17 and I want you to read it, you're actually reading God's fulfillment. And when you read those territories, if you read the Bible prior, you will see how some people were getting rewarded for their bravery, such as Caleb and words that were spoken prior are now being fulfilled in these chapters. And to me, that's exciting because if God has made you a promise, these examples show you that he delivers on these promises to not only you, but even if you're not here, your children and your children's children will walk and receive these blessings. So that's why it is key to understand and see God's character and how he fulfills his word and how he delivers the inheritance of blessings upon us for generations to come. So let me get back here. So you will see, for example, when we talk about God promises that all scripture in his word with his power has, has power to change our lives. Ask God to show you the reality of this promise in in every one of these passages that you'll read. You'll see like the survey as Joshua sent out, step back from the details. What stands out to you when you read this? Basically, we want God to light your knowledge about his character. It's so important for you to know God's character because when you're growing your faith, you need to believe and understand that God's character is prominent. God does not do anything arbitrarily and nothing that happens is by accident. It's basically the Holy Spirit is creating a pattern and delivering the Lord's word. So with these three ideas, I want you to really go through Joshua 13 through 17. You'll see in 13 is the starting point where God's call to Joshua to act on his promise and to complete the conquest. Up until 20, um, chapter 21, 
God's promise is fulfilled. But between that start and that finish of what I mentioned 13 through 21, there are a couple of things that I want to point out that I think are are just uh, mind-blowing and also awesome for women. And the examples are of Caleb. If you're not aware of Caleb, I'll give you a quick um, backdrop. Moses had sent 12 spies out to check on the, let's say, the tribe that's related to the, the giants of Goliath. So these were the men as tall as trees, etc., and 10 came back saying basically, oh, don't go there. They were scared, etc. But Caleb and Joshua were the only ones that had faith to um, believe that the Israelites could take the land. And they didn't come back afraid and worried, you know, like the other men did. And in that time, when that happened, Moses made a promise. And Caleb is, you know, known for his bravery and fierceness. And so Hey, this is Lisa with Christian Warrior Woman and we are on part two of the Joshua 13 through uh, 17 verses and we were ending with Caleb. And what I wanted to talk about was Caleb and Joshua. If you look at um, the history of these two, they were the only two from the generation who um, was released from slavery from Egypt that were alive and that were here at the conquest to see the land divided amongst um, the children of Israel. So why? Before we get to the women, I want to share real quickly why. Well, I'm going to give you two examples that Caleb and uh, Joshua, I mentioned earlier, they were the spies. They came back. They saw the giants, but they believed in the power of God and told Moses they would prevail. Also, when the people turned from God, Caleb was the one who held on to his faith and he begged the people not to rebel and they refused to trust God. You know about that backbiting in the wilderness there, how they went around the same mountain for how many, for, for all those years when they could have gotten to the promised land in two weeks. But Caleb, through all of that, trusted God and he begged the people to trust God with their fear. So as a result, the nation didn't enter Canaan for 38 more years because of, you know, the Lord basically let all of the unfaithful generation die, except for Joshua and Caleb. So when we talk back to God rewarding faithfulness, God rewarding those who trust and believe him, here we go again with the promise and the character of God. So can you lose when you put your total, when you double down on Jesus and God and not man and say, who am I going to put my 100% backing behind? It should be God. And what I saw here in this, and that's why I love the word, and some of these very 
subtle ways you see things. Think about it. Caleb was just getting his reward because of his people's disobedience. It delayed him who was faithful because he was with this group. It delayed him. He didn't get his land for 45 years earlier was when he showed his faithfulness with the spies and that Moses made this promise to him about where your feet are is what will be your territory. So even when you are faithful, but you are around unfaithful people, oh, I don't know if you're getting this, that you can be delayed in getting your blessings for who you are around. Huh. So when we belong to a set of people, we have to be careful of who we hang with. They could be delaying our blessing even when we're living for the Lord. That's what I just got from that. So, except for Joshua and Caleb, they stood alone for God. And here, when it was time to divide up, we'll call it the the inheritance of the Israelites, who was there to receive. And because of the faithfulness, the courage, and the boldness, think about it. Here was a person, you saw men, giant men, and you didn't let fear make you run and tell Moses, maybe we should try another day, we should try another area, we should leave this area for last, let God handle this. We need to go east, west, south, anywhere but here. He trusted God. That That's awesome. So what are you in your life facing that you think is taller and overwhelming and that you can't conquer? And the reason you're not winning is because you're running away facing the challenge and God is standing there with you saying, we will go through it together. We will go through bankruptcy. We will go through this health issue. We will go through this divorce because on the other side of this is success, is your inheritance and all those that are not aligned with you for blessings and winning, they will fall by the wayside. And I don't know about you, But dead weight is dead weight. And I don't need anybody holding me back from my favor and inheritance from God. So let me tell you, because of Caleb's boldness, guess what? When you are a bold person, your children are pretty bold too. And I'm going to share with you about Caleb's daughters. This is going to be the first example. So Caleb had one daughter. And she was named Axa. And I'm not going to go into the story of how she wound up getting married, but she was promised to Athanel. And she asked, you know, um, Caleb had given them some land at the Negev. And she actually asked her husband to ask her dad for this territory. So he, after he gave up that piece of property, you know, sometimes people looked at it as, oh, well, maybe the daughter was being greedy. No, maybe the daughter was being bold and thinking about her future. She had a bold daddy. So why wouldn't he have a bold daughter? So what happened with um, Caleb's daughter? 
Accent, you know, basically had seen her father's faith in action and boldly asked him for more. Caleb, she asked him for additional territory. And not only did he give her what she asked for, Caleb gave her the upper and lower springs for her dry land. And perhaps it was because of her bold faith, just like her dad, that he recognized it. But do you know his daughter being bold, being wise and asking for things beyond what she might think is necessary? Her husband, Athanel, was later became Israel's first judge. So when we talk about behind every strong man as a strong woman can also be a wise woman, a businesswoman, a good mother, a great daughter. And so this isn't this is one thing that I see that it shows in boldness. Many times we hear about, you know, how women were almost like cattle, that they were owned by the husband. But here's an example of a woman requesting, and this won't be the first one, but a woman requesting property for her husband and her family and for her future and her destiny. And Caleb, you know, inherited and received his land from Joshua that the Lord promised him from Moses day. So here he was recognizing and seeing that his daughter had the same, we'll call it chutzpah that he had. And so he blessed her. And so that's the first example. And one of the things in these two examples is we'll see how empowered these Israelite women were Remember, they came from a generation of slaves and you can imagine how women were treated and what level of citizenship they had. But in this new territory and in seeing what God was doing through them, around them, it gave them courage. So we want to go to, let me make sure I say this right, Zelophehad's daughter, Zelophehad's daughter. Daughters basically was here were five sisters from the tribe of Manasseh, and they were looking for their inheritance. So they reminded Joshua and Eliezer of a promise that God had given them during Israel's wilderness years. There were no sons to inherit the land of their father. He died without any sons and his inheritance in the promised land would go to a male relative. That's, you know, that was the way folks did business. And but his name would disappear if there were no sons and he had daughters. So the sisters stepped out in faith, confident and bold that the holy and just and merciful God would not exclude them from his promise. I thought this was huge, considering it was even traditional to give sons land. You know, I could even, you could even see that, well, they'd have to marry Joe or Harry or uh, Judah in order to get 
possibly their territory. But they went and asked for five women, stated that they would like to have their father's inheritance. And they went boldly, probably not willing to take no for an answer because they knew God was just. And so here is a perfect example that sometimes we ask God for the little things and think, well, some of these big, great things is too much for me to ask God to do for me. You know, I'm not worth that or I shouldn't get that. And those are lies from the enemy. We should go before the throne of God in our prayer and put forth what we want to work toward. What we see is possible, not from our strength, but with God's strength. And so guess what? The, what happened to these women? So what their daughters were saying was right. But would they get it? Almost here was like when we talk about Israelite women, you want to talk about equality. You see, God orchestrated Joshua to give them the land of their father. Here we have a perfect example that we don't really learn about in church, that God, how God looks at the rights of women and how the Lord allowed women, single women to inherit land. And what do you think? They'd have to work the land. They'd have to grow something. They'd have to, you know, make a living off of this land. So when we talk about who is one of the first, um, who is the first to put women in business? It's God, not man. So when you think that or wondering what you can do or can't do, God already told you that you're capable and worthy to receive your own business, your own property. Um, you know, maybe these are things that you think are beyond your ability. Uh, no, it's reading the word to see that nothing is impossible for those who know and love the Lord. Have you not heard that before? So we need to believe that and trust that because these sisters stepped out on faith. And today, there are many that are disenfranchised because of poverty and gender and ethnicity and other factors. Their earthly inheritance is unjust because you're waiting for a man to dictate what you can have and can't have. And God and Jesus said, whatever you did for one, if the least of these brothers and sisters are mine, you did for me. Where will you, what will you act on? What will you move? What will you become, what will you know of God's character in bringing justice and mercy to those counted as the least in our societies? I mean, think about it. What were the rights of women then? Joshua in this moment, God in this moment, let every tribe in Israel know that these women had rights and that they were their equal. You didn't hear in the scripture with the men backbiting and men complaining, but no, what you hear is the voice of women. 
And this is so important because we are in an hour where women need to be empowered. Women need to be bold and women need to speak their truth and ask for what they need and get what they want. When we talk about in the world and with man, whether in your job, maybe you if you know that you're not being paid fairly, then you sit and you do some research before you speak. You pray about it and ask the Lord, who should you approach? And you show your performance of the type of work that you do. You show what the at what your pay increase has been and does that equal the level of work and the level of impact that you've had on that business? Or maybe the Lord has given you an idea for a business, but you've been too fearful to maybe go to the bank and ask for a business loan to get started. Or maybe ask people um, that know you are in your family to partner with you, to back you to do it. Guess what? All they can say is no. But if you never ask, you won't receive. And the Lord tell us, tells us all the time that we must seek to find. But we must use our mouth and our knowledge in a manner that will get us that yes. Does that make sense? So that's what I really wanted to point out, that the importance of our inheritance. You may have a family that does not have money and land to give you. But you may have wisdom beyond Um, your years, and that others can benefit from. You might have a business mind that is worth money. We all have generational blessings and we have some generational challenges. And how do we counter those generational curses and challenges? By living for God. Because God's word always fulfills if we live um, with him, by grace and giving him our very best and trusting him in faith that we always win. That doesn't mean we don't have struggle, but we always win. That is a guaranteed life. Trying to figure it out on your own is guessing. And I don't know about you. Most people don't win the lottery. But with the Lord, it is 100% guarantee because his word says it. And he gives us example and example of him doing it. And the book of Joshua is a whole book of fight this battle, win, fight this battle, win. Guess what? Time to rest. You take the land. I want you to take what God has for you in the workplace, for your family, in your marriage, in your physical body, and in your state of mind. God has planted you in this hour to win and inherit. So that's why the Christian warrior woman is talks about a guide to taking back your faith, family, and future. Take back the land. Take back your blessings. God has them. You just need to stand strong, be courageous, and be faithful. So until we talk tomorrow, I hope you are blessed with learning from these women how you can be empowered for your life today. Amen.